the Superman series continues. Here we are, your your favorite hosts back again, Isaac and Caleb, your your super pals, I'll say. And we're once again covering another Superman comic, although hopefully this time not a two-part, uh, you know, four-hour-long discussion, because this time we're only covering one single issue. It's from the Joe Kelly run. Uh, what year was this? 2001. 2001. Okay. Yeah, and this is issue from Action Comics, 775. What's so funny about truth, justice, and the American way? March 2001, just for more reference. There you go. Yeah, not not quite the big month from that year, but uh, a month. I hope you're not <laughs> referring to what I think you're referring to. I am. Yes, maybe I shouldn't have gone there. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, other than it being my cousin's birthday by that month and my great-grandmother's birthday. Um, anyways, so as per tradition, I guess, as we... Uh, journey through this DC retrospective or just, you know, doing comic book reviews. Uh, we'll be doing Superman versus the Elite after this. But, of course, because mm. we want to educate ourselves, educate ourselves over the source, we go to the source. And that is this one, uh, as Caleb mentioned before. Yeah, and what's uh, what I like about this case, because sometimes I wonder about the value of us doing it this way, because the whole point that we the whole purpose of this series at the start was to review the DC animated films. That was all this other stuff, which is kind of a bonus that we eventually added. So frequently when we do these comics first, I feel like we're in a way sabotaging the, the hopes for us liking these movies. Cause it's like, ah, oh, how could the, the 75 minute long movie compare to the depth that we get in these, you know, sometimes four to 10 issue arcs. So that, 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 you know, I, I feel bad for the movies in the way that, that they're set up with that uh, that monkey on their shoulder at the start of it. Uh, but in this case, being that we're that they're adapting a single issue, I feel like that this might be the rare case where it doesn't set them up for uh, disaster because maybe they would have enough room to expand and stuff here. So that, that that interests me. I'm very curious about that film. We will have to wait and see for that. Uh, we will give uh, Superman vs. Elite its fair dues and... Yes, I have to treat those films as their own thing. However, the elephant in the room, obviously, is that they come from their adaptations, whereas this is the source itself. But every adaptation should be able to stand on its own, regardless of uh, how faithful it is to the source material. And speaking of the source material, is this something that you'd read before or had much uh, much knowledge of coming in? Because I'll say for me, I'd... Yeah, I'd never heard of Superman versus the Elite. I had never heard of this this comic issue, or I didn't even know that Joe Kelly did a Superman run. So I was quite interested to see that. My history with this is I know what Superman versus the Elite is. I've watched it, although it was quite a long time ago, probably ten years ago, and or whenever some in between that time period. And uh, as for the comic book, I knew it was obviously well had to be based off of a comic book because I don't really know if many of these, well, at least I haven't experienced any of these DC animated films being original um, and not just adapting Hmm. from a source. Again, how much adaptation the word adaptation is to the movie is another thing, but, uh, or to the source. Uh, But as for the comic book itself, uh, what's so funny about truth, justice and the American way. I read this only two hours ago. Hmm. At least you read it twice. I read it yesterday, only the once. So you've got uh, you've gotten up on me there. Hopefully your your second uh, 
pass through will give you some some more insight than I've got. There was a bit of confusion when I read it the first time, and so I needed to read it a second time just to like, you know, realize all the setups, payoffs, and understand it from the end as I read it from the beginning. And I think it did help for me. Mm. Well, I guess we'll we should probably uh, jump into it here, and we're we're starting off at the. Uh... I guess we want to talk about the cover before we jump into the first page. <laughs> I suppose we will talk about the cover, but first, uh, ladies and gentlemen, those in between and unaffiliated, get your timers ready and get your bets placed because, uh, well, actually, it's kind of a moot point because you already know what the time span of this is. <laughs> exactly. Yes. But for me, myself, and I, I'm going to time myself on this, even though I know there's a recording happening in progress, but... I still want to time this because I'm notorious, very notorious um, for just leaving the microphone on and and talking up like just everything. So I'm going to time myself for this just to see how long this is actually going to take. Yeah, and I'll be I'll play my usual role of trying to speed it along, even though in this case, I don't think I need to just out of principle for how long that last one went. <laughs> so this is fair. All right. I'm about to uh, hit my timer in three, two, one, start. Okay. That's going on there. And I'm also going to forget about it later on. So, cause I, want, <laughs> I don't want my phone to run out of time. I should have just done it on my computer anyways. So there you go. 5 a.m. <laughs> why is my phone battery dead? Oh, that's why. Uh, so we start off with Superman in action comics, but it's still action comics. Is I guess retitled it separately, and uh, the one we're reading from on our Kindles uh, is I guess from the collection from uh, nineteen thirty eight to two thousand eleven, uh, the mm. beginning of the DC New Fifty Two. Oh yes, that's that's a good point. I didn't even think about that. Mm. But yes, yeah, so we start with Superman, you know, doing his usual thing, just just taking to the skies, flying around, and I guess in this case he's heading to Libya because of this this terrorist action that's taking place. And we get these little bits of news clips that he's hearing as he's flying, which I always love to see those little uh, illustrations of his powers that, you know, as he's on his way to a case, he's listening to any updates on the the radio waves. I think that's really cool. But then when he arrives there, I guess he takes off from 5 a.m. and gets there at 12 p.m. That's interesting. Takes off from Metropolis. Takes him that long to get to uh, Libya. This may be my own... um read on it but i assume that this was him maybe this is a little bit ignorant but this was me thinking like he's doing a instead of going for like a jog around the earth he's doing like some errands around the earth to like prevent any disasters or stop other coups or other you know problems that's happening on the grounds and then he eventually gets to libya which the, when I say that, it does kind of sound a little like, shouldn't you take this Libya thing seriously and pri- have high priority over it uh, all over all the others? Huh. Yeah, no, I I did. I mean, maybe maybe I just don't know the exact distance, but I was a little bit surprised by that. I mean, this guy, you know, he, he's he's super fast, and I even wondered would it have been faster to fly out of the planet's atmosphere and go outside through space with no sort of interference there? I don't know if he can travel faster in space, but. I can't, uh, I, I shouldn't immediately <laughs> bring <laughs> pre-existent expectations with Superman, uh, just like I do when it, when we were doing the Justice League stuff, where it's just like, how come these guys are beating the snot out of, and tar out of Superman? Like, this shouldn't be happening. Um, 
where my brain immediately goes, shouldn't he be faster? Like he's nearly as fast as the flash. So this shouldn't be the, you know, that like he, it should be, he should be there in like, you know, two seconds or something like that. Uh, but then of course I'm thinking like, okay, I got to like, hold on there, buddy. You gotta, you gotta like you know, calm yourself, calm your horses there, hold your horses. You have to, you know, think this may be just a different continuity, even though it's still in the same like mainline DC action comics. So exactly. Yeah, this is, but, but anyway, yeah, maybe we're spending too long in this first page. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm already, I'm already being a hypocrite and I'm already like overanalyzing something that shouldn't be necessary. <laughs> yeah. So he arrives in Tripoli to untold disaster. I mean, I guess what was attacking them was this giant uh, monkey, cyborg monkey, which by the way, it's a gorilla gorilla. So I apologize. Yeah. If this yeah, was, no, uh, remember an ape, not, not yeah. monkey. remember DC and their apes. Yeah, I was about to say this another DC simian. They love their their simian folks. But um yeah, it's just like a King Kong type. Like this guy's huge and he's got a big machine gun and yeah, he's been been dealt a slaughtering hand, as it were. Literally. Um yeah, it's I don't know if it's Titano or uh Cyborg or Robot or Monkey. I don't even want to know. I almost said monkey. Uh or some form of like just enhanced um, giant gorilla that had, you know, these, these machine parts onto him or, or whatever, but this is kind of icky. It's uh there's a lot of blood stains, which is kind of surprising, but I guess that DC was a bit lenient around this time with this kind of stuff. Oh yes, they were. Yeah. The early aughts and the late nineties. Yeah. were the gritty, gritty period for DC and Marvel, but I, I, feel like dc was even pushing it a little bit more huh what who who would have thought that yeah during it's called the dark age of comic books right or dork age as some people call it and of course it's yeah. the 90s so everything has to be extreme yeah like his gun is so gigantic look how you can see superman's tiny little form there like him compared to that gun it's just absurd it really is absurd wait i'm noticing maybe i'm wrong on this i i, I notice a lack of uh shoulder pads and too many bandoliers <laughs> who the hey drew this rob liefeld wasn't involved in this what's going on here yeah i did want to comment about this guy i don't actually know how to pronounce his name doug mahenke maybe oh yes one of the writer or writers one of the artists excuse me yes Oh, was there more than one in this book? Um, I think maybe. there was. I'm just going to quickly go back and sure. check. Yeah, there was at least... I'll actually have to skip to the last page. Give me a second here. Uh, there's, sure. Yeah, Doug Mahanke. I think... Uh, apologies. I'm pretty sure that's how you would say it. And there's... Yeah, hopefully. Liebermeno, I believe, is the other penciler in, in this case. Oh. Um, if you hmm. go to your last page, you'll see it, like, you know, in the credits. Oh, okay. Hmm. So, yeah, I don't know who to credit for that that bit there but i do like that image even though it is a little bit over the top and a little bit it does look very dated in its way i still think it's a cool two-page spread oh yeah no like like to these guys like i'm pretty much uh, pr uh i'm feeling it with their art in this case uh it's not the uh art that i am uh, not a fan of uh from the 90s even though this is the aughts or the early aughts but even still like this is a really good two-page spread um, despite how graphic it may be, it's like, nah, it looks good. Gotta give credit mm -hmm. to words. And, and of course, also the colorists, I gotta give them credit too for there making the blood like really red. Um, 
But anyway, so yeah, super, anyways, uh, see, yes. we already we went off oh, topic God. and all that stuff. And just <laughs> love hearing the sound of my own voice, right? Um, yeah. I don't actually. But anyways, yeah, so Supes arrives, and whether because he was slow to get there or some other reason, um, yeah, looks like whole city's on fire, and uh, yeah, I don't, all the property damage, as Sean would say, like, good grief, who's paying for all this? Yeah, and who caused all this? I mean, clearly the ape, you know, he played his role, but the devastation and the the brutal execution was taken part by by somebody that Superman is immediately at odds with. And I think it's interesting that we learn about these folks, the elite, pretty much right after that. But they never really give us much backstory until very near the end of the book. And so the whole time I was wondering, like, did this elite, were they something that was building in this Joe Kelly arc? I didn't look it up until I finished reading it. And no, this is their first appearance. So it's kind of interesting that they really don't handhold the audience for introducing these guys. Yeah. Like out of nowhere as if, you know, there was <laughs> as if they were coming off of another book or uh, there, there was another hot ticket item happening uh, in the comic world. They just bam, come out of nowhere. Yeah. They're some sort of, I don't know, take on, on another preexisting team. I'm hinting at something um, by the way. Know. Also not, not only, Sorry, not that I shouldn't stay up, but just in the in the text, it, it also mentions in the two parade spread about how uh, the, the the power and the scale of this like devastation and this like you know whoever these people were that like killed this this giant gorilla um, also obliterated at least per the text as it says obliterated the entire Libyan defensive force. Like mm-hmm. oh man, so we're dealing with somebody who or either a group of people or somebody who's quite powerful uh, who's able to do that yeah and we see on the next page that jimmy's reading i guess an early draft of i think it's clark's article on this i think clark was when he wrote it and he called them small gods so that's uh yeah that's an illustration or, or maybe it wasn't clark who, who do you think wrote that well they okay i okay that was the, that was the thing because some of these early stuff i made literally i don't know why like i'm not saying joe kelly's uh writing is all gibberish or at least you know scatterbrained but there's a lot of dialogue here that i had to like and maybe if i had read a lot more of his superman run i would have like gotten used to this but Mm. or maybe it's just a you know how comics were back in 2001 i actually have no idea um (laughs) we really haven't really we we haven't been doing a lot of like 80s 90s or (laughs) different comic runs to be honest here we've only been doing like you know modern stuff like in the Pretty 21st much. century, so I can't really say much of it. I guess the only thing we did in the 90s was Grant Morrison's Justice League with our two and Tower of Babel. Anyway, sorry. Uh, I thought it was this newspaper or, I don't know, newscast called The Star. Oh, maybe that was an error on the... Uh, huh, yeah, maybe that was an error on just the illustration because it looked like it was a draft. It didn't look like it was a, an already published newspaper. Oh yeah, maybe, maybe, perhaps it is Clark's uh, report. I I don't know. Mm. He got there pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, especially compared to how, yeah, that is weird. But either way, we see that yeah, the, the Daily Planet crew is in a bit of an uproar. They don't like the framing of these guys as heroes, and Clark especially, like right from the start, seems like he despises these guys and what they represent as a kind of vigilante troop, these four uh, 
superpower beings who don't mind causes some brutality to get things done. Taking the law into their own hands as if there was no sanctioned laws that we have declared in this industrialized, um, globalized planet or, or world. Yeah, and I don't think we get all the names at the start, but very quickly they establish that uh, it's led by someone named Manchester Black, which gives you a, a hand right at the start that he's going to be a Brit, and then they go full bore with that as we go along. But we'll get into that. But we we yeah we jump from uh, the Daily Planet over to Libya, uh, where we see Clark. I guess you know communicate either communicating or like maybe this is what it is. Like it's a machine that he's faxing mm. his like because it's a weird futuristic camera television device i don't know circa 2001 yeah. that may or may not be fact like he's he's typing it in uh he's typing on the computer there and maybe he's sending like his draft or whatever over to the daily planet instantly as a fax i i don't know like, hey yeah. it <laughs> makes it it kind of makes the fax machine like relevant again i suppose there you go yeah relevant again back in uh 2001 Yes, potentially. But, but yeah, and is he there interviewing this guy, or is he just overhearing the interviews? I guess he does jump in, yeah. So there's a bunch of people in the room. I assume the reporters, because I can see a guy behind Jack Ryder who has a camera on him. So I assume this is like some press conference of either a statement from the Libyan military or something else, I don't know. And yeah, it's Jack Ryder. Um and I believe he's part of this, you know, this newscaster, you know, media corp called or media conglomerate yeah. called Scrum. Scrum or that was a star. Oh, like press Scrum. I mean, with the, all the people oh, doing their scrum, interviews and things. Oh, thank you. Okay, that's that's what it's called. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's that's right. This this the guy in the blue suit is the reporter. I guess the one who wrote that that article that they were all pissed off about potentially that's what i was thinking is like is this jack right is that jack Ryder's draft or something else like did they have inside scoop on this i i don't know yeah again so maybe that might have just been a an error on the part of the, the illustrators because yeah that definitely looked like a draft when it was meant to be a finished article because clark's like finish your article jack it's so strange that a carpenter couldn't fix it and then he's yeah raging in his face he was screaming in his face even about the elites are murderers and how could you celebrate them as heroes? And yeah, that, and I will say at the start of this, not having read Joe Kelly's arc, not really knowing what was going on with his Superman. This guy's got a, a big B in his bonnet right at the start. And he, it takes a little while for me to come to terms with how angry this Clark is. And it's like, like there, there's no sort of sense of optimism here. This is a, my opinion's right, and anyone who disagrees, you know, I've, I'm coming for you, kind of thing. Yeah. That's a bit much. <laughs> yeah, it's it's certainly something, but again, I think I should also probably say, like, you're a lot more familiar with Joe Kelly than I am, given who he's uh, written for. Yeah, famous for his uh, his Deadpool work, and to be honest, I've not, a re I've not read a ton of his Deadpool stuff. I, I'm much more familiar with the later runs of Deadpool, um, and some of the early joe kelly stuff maybe the first 10 issues or so i've read but yeah not a he's not someone that i have a ton of familiarity with never mind i thought you uh, had read all his run but i was mistaken no unfortunately not yeah by the time i i really got into buying a lot of deadpool comics and stuff his early stuff was not uh really available anymore 
And then when it did become available, it was some big omnibuses and it was right around when I stopped buying omnibuses. So it was just unfortunate luck that just led me to not read his comics. This all but. checks out. Um, but anyway, I guess moving forward. Yeah, there, there is that. And yeah, whether Clark is quick to show his emotions in any of Joe's previous stories and future stories, Again, we should at least hold off on that because we haven't read it. So, exactly. at least, uh, yeah, and initial thoughts here that, yeah, he's quick. Clark, Clark, excuse me, is quick to just immediately, like, you know, get get angry. So it's like, whoa, okay, what's going on here with that? I mean, maybe, maybe it's because what he saw kind of disturbed him. And so he's lashing out at Ryder for not taking the situation seriously as to uh, the amount of tragedy that happened in Libya excuse me so maybe that's why I don't know if I can say that justifies it but there's potential for reasoning there yeah that could be but I do feel like they also call attention to and this is something that comes up throughout the book as well uh, in this first page when we see the media scrum and and Clark raging at this this, uh, Jack Ryder I think you said we see that at the end of the page they mark it with uh the age of Superman is over. Viva the elite. And Clark has this this look in his eyes. And it's hard to tell if that's just the outrage at their tactics or if there's a little bit of ego there. And we'll we'll come into more of that as we go along as well. We shall. Moving forward, sir. Yeah, we cut over to the White House. This is uh This is a period where Lex is the president of the United States. And because of Smallville and a, a couple of random bits of uh Oh, I can't remember. I think it was the Kurt Busiek, uh Superman action comic stuff that I've got. Yeah, I just think of, of Lex as the president. That's just something that's always in my head. And so to see it here is like, hey, we're back in my wheelhouse. This is what I like to see. Even though I'm, I'm curious how, how well that actually works. Since I've not read it like a full run of him as the president, it does seem like an odd turn. But. I think it's a cool idea to, uh, there's a lot of fictitious cities, excuse me, inside DC. So why not just have, you know, some of their characters also become, um, presidents or leaders of, of the free world or whatever have you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And we see he's going over the poll results. Like, okay, you know, where, where should I fall here? It seems like the populace are, are generally in favor of these elites and, or the elite, I should say, not the, not the these elites and yeah he's got uh amanda waller there with him i guess is his uh right hand woman which is not a great sign (laughs) well i just took it as she's she and argus they're under the united states government so she's a she's a person who would advise uh lex under like i guess her um form of government not not government sorry Mm -hmm. but under uh what how uh, not house excuse me but uh, whatever party she not party i forget i'm sorry i can't think right now what it's called but whatever she represents argus and if they're like shield and they strategize over uh, especially they also specialize with superheroes or metahuman excuse me uh that's her department there we go she she represents the department and so she's like giving uh lex all the info on uh the elites right now and i do like that even though lex seems uh very interested in the prospect of them potentially rivaling superman and what that could mean for for his goals going forward. But he puts out a little nice little PR thing of like, okay, put out a statement saying that we condemn all violence, you know, and we'll just wait and see what happens. And hopefully they'll just keep going after their own, the metahumans. So 
yeah, calculating this is the Lex I like to see. I think this was a, a good little scene for him. I agree with that. Um, so we'll see what I actually won't see what happens with that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but you take away the next page. Got it. So we go to what I assume is the Fortress of Solitude. I guess it is the spaceship. Why not? Uh, again, adaptation. Quite the interesting one, I'll say that. It looks like the map from Treasure Planet. Maybe a bit different than that, but still. I kind of wondered if this was like a, like a type of watchtower or something. Maybe. Like watch orb. <laughs> but the fact that I see what looks to be like two Kryptonian outfits on the top part of the page and then like a, I don't know, a planet that maybe may or may not be Krypton and then like some form of like structure there that could be religious potentially it's like is i'm gonna i'm gonna assume i'm sorry but like my base reaction is this is the fortress of solitude but is it that little orb that we see at the top of the screen or the, the top of the page i should say sorry everyone panel yeah of course <laughs> yes reading on a reading on a, a device that is a screen not in, yeah. in print so of course <laughs> yeah i thought that little orb that that was like a what'd you call that a establishing shot that that's what they're in Oh, yeah, like in the first one where it's like, we do not believe in nations like that. I'd exactly. Assume that was, I thought that was the Forces of Solitude. Oh, okay, okay. Hmm. But either way, the, he's uh, Clark's there. They're trying to find out some information about these guys. And I guess the Elite uh, released some sort of manifesto online. Cyberpunks or cypherpunks, I believe. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and manifestos online, I... Well, maybe I won't go into that. Yeah, maybe I should. I'll just avoid that. <laughs> yeah, of course. More ugly U.S. history, but but we do see that uh, Soups is there. He's working on the looking up about these guys with a certain certain hero here who looks similar to Superman and maybe still a leftover from a certain arc that we'll be getting to uh, near the end of this run. I guess it just helps the fact that like people complain like, ah, oh, he needs to have a sidekick or something. I'm not saying Steel is a sidekick, but you just need somebody there to help him like talk things over and keep him grounded. Which I agree with. Steel is the is like one of the persons other than like the you know, his parents and Lois and Jimmy and and other people to keep him grounded. Um I think he's a de- definite candidate, so glad Steel's there. Yeah, and maybe maybe I was just thinking of the Watchtower in the beginning. I thought he was a member of the Justice League, and that's why they were there together. And, and John was just kind of helping him out. But but I will say, it, it. I do like this scene. Speaking of still kind of keeping him grounded, he's pointing out like you know they're 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 tough stuff. Like right there, they they rival you, and it. Uh, I think that's a good scene between the two of them, and Superman having to to face the fact that he could have a weakness here against them not just weakness but potentially be um uh obsolete oh obsolete you say <laughs> yes obsolete <laughs> yeah and I, he, we don't get too much of steel in this book i i wish we got or at least his history i should say he may be a regular in this book but i wish we got a little more of him here i i liked seeing him and um yeah i wish, wish we could have seen more the, more of their dynamic in this little sample that we have here that's what you want of supporting cast members. You want to like give them just enough so that you, you leave uh, the readers wanting more. Yeah. Um. But their their talk gets interrupted because there's some some things going down in in Japan, and so Supes takes this guys to go uh, figure it out. But yeah, so I, I like this this stuff too. The, the shots of him flying over the water and 
I didn't know what this like. Was that his eyes that look like robot eyes? That was kind of strange. Um. Well, first off, he like leaves. Okay, it's weird because he zips away from like the Fortress of Solitude or wherever, but it looks like Metropolis in this in this panel, uh, which is hilarious. Um, but he gets to Tokyo fairly quickly, so my yeah. confusion over how fast he travels in in this, in this series once yes. again, uh, or in this in this comic uh, once again comes up, but. I, but put it you know, putting aside sorry relevant uh but what i assume I, again i like the as caleb mentioned before that there's all these like it's not full-on talking heads a la 80s or dirt returns but all this radio chatter all yeah. these broadcasts that are like you know mentioning uh what's happening with either the elite or uh, other stuff and either maybe some uh, not thought balloons so there we go but uh, what the, the eyes are, the, the sudden like red tint over Superman's eyes, I assume is from the next panel where uh, we see a bomb or wave of destruction, EMP blast, I don't, I don't know, like slam into him. So that's what I assume because we then see like, yeah, the shock wave from Tokyo hits him and then it falls to the earth. I That's what I'm assuming he saw. I guess that's fair. Yeah. It just, the eyes look so weird. I was like, what the, is that Superman's eyes? Looks like robot eyes or something, but may have just been, again, kind of interesting illustration choices. <laughs> I think it is because this this means nothing, but I noticed his nose is almost, like, shaped the same, so I'm like, that's Superman. That's fair. That's fair. And, of course, the yeah corresponding panel makes it clear, but either way, he crash lands, and when he finally uh, climbs out of the burning rubble, we discover the uh, the first visage of the elite or i guess not the elite these are the bad guys that's right because <laughs> I, I was shifting the page and i got over i was like wait that's not the elite at all <laughs> yeah he comes out of this wrecked car and all of a sudden we see like these six different metahumans uh that most likely are the cause of this like blast or this explosion and or this attack and so before his very eyes, as soon as he like kind of regains consciousness, um, he sees that these villains or these, these, you know, attackers or whatever, um, start getting ripped apart in half one by one by some unknown force. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, these, these folks, I mean, I like the image when we first see them all, but they look like fools. They look like the group that would get torn apart. We got the Iceman with his two swords. We got the guy who looks like he's just wearing some sort of weird lizard costume. And I won't comment on some of the other ones. Um, but yeah, they, they just get torn apart like a couple of fools. So I'm going to correct myself, but I'll correct myself in a minute because I just realized what that bla- that wave of energy or blast was. Anyways, yeah. Sure. So they yeah seemingly get to end. At the same time, the narration gets broken. Or scatterbrained, I guess. Yeah. But again, having read this a second time, like I think I know what this is. Now I can't tell if this is Clark's thoughts or if this is Black narrating. Oh, interesting. Interesting. I think it's Clark's thoughts because I might know what's happened, but I maybe I'll put a pin in that, but so I say, yeah, the narration here made me confused. And for some reason, all these images while I was like, okay, what's happening is sense of direction. But I think that was intentional. 
I think Kelly staged it so that uh, he told the, I don't know if it's the same, Mar- it's not the Marvel method, I know that, but I wonder if he told the artists to uh, make the page seem chaotic and like out of continuity, not out of continuity, excuse me, but have the continuity be all over the place because just so that we experience what Clark is experiencing right now. Yeah, and I'll say that, that that is something that he would feature in his Deadpool stuff, the, the stuff that I've read at least. Yeah, he would play into a, a chaotic style of writing to but that that fits Deadpool because Deadpool is yeah, a chaotic type of character. So uh, unorthodox, nonlinear, I don't know what you want to call it. Yeah, but either way, I think this is a cool little scene, especially the ice guy with his swords. I think he uh is quite the vibrant image. Just the colorists especially, I think they did a good job really making him pop. But unfortunately, the job squad is has played their part. <laughs> and, you know, before, like, for Superman's eyes, we see that he also is obliterated, uh, shattered. And thus we turn the page to see the elite. Yep, we've got uh, uh, alien plant looking poison ivy style lady at the bottom with some xenomorph. Menagerie. Yeah, xenomorph looking guys. At least At least one of them looks like that on her. We've got uh, another magician type who's drinking a little beer keg there. I don't remember his name. I think his name's Hat. I, I probably am incorrect in that, yes. but I believe that, yeah, he's a mage and he has access to, I think with his magic, he looks like, he kind of looks like the Phantom Stranger, um, but it's like, I assume everything, like you pull something out of his hat and gets it in there. So I assume that some sort of like, yeah, frost or th- beer of some sort is coming out of there. Uh, who do we have next? Yeah, and in the middle we have the, the leader, Manchester Black, who, yeah, looks very, uh, you know, he's got the blue hair, he's got the long John Constantine uh, uh, trench coat, and, of course, the Union Jack on his chest in blue. I'm, I'm sorry to say, sir, uh, that's purple. His, his hair, to me, is purple. Is it purple throughout the book, or just in that one image? No, it's purple throughout the book, or at least like a dark shade of oh, indigo. Oh, man. I apologize to everyone. My color blindness every now and again catches me off guard. And... Now that's not fair because I also could be incorrect, but I'm also looking at hats um, jacket that he's wearing. And it also looks a bit purple, not the same like color as Manchester's hair, but it's, I don't know. It looks similar. That's interesting. Um, now that I'm looking at him next to Superman's, uh, his blue uh, uh, two pages later, there's a scene where Superman's getting pissed at him and I could see the purple. Yeah, I think you're right. Okay. Yeah, but um, yeah, he's got uh, psychic abilities, I believe is his main source of, uh, maybe not psychic, maybe uh, telekinesis. Well, maybe a mix of both. I'm Either way, his mind is his power, which is, I guess, why he's a leader. Yeah, we have another Tetsuo or Akira here. Yeah, and then we have, uh, and I do like that he says, like, uh, you know, they're fans of, of Superman, you know. Or, or does he not say that here? I think he does say that in this scene. No, he said, I don't know if he says it there. Oh, yeah, big fans. Yeah, kidding, kidding, big fans. There you go, right? Yeah. <laughs> and I can't remember this other guy's name, the, the big guy with the chains. The extreme version of Static Shock, uh, Cold Cast. Cold Cast, yes. Yes, mm-hmm. another, this is a trope, I, I looked this trope up before, but another trope where it's a black guy with electric powers. <laughs> and he's covered in chains. Yeah, so that's I don't know if that's meant to be. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. Yeah, I have I have, I have no idea on that one. Yeah, I'm I'm really not sure at all. But but either way, they they definitely I think they did a purposeful uh 
kind of contrast. Here's the more fantastical. These are what you thought the elite would look like. Now you see them and, you know, at least two, two of the four just look like regular dudes. And the other two are still more played down than some of those other ones that we just saw. And so I think that's meant to uh, yeah, catch us off guard a little bit. Are you saying that it was a sleight of hand thinking that the uh, individuals who Superman first thought were the elite are these are the elite instead? Interesting. He pulled the rug out from other, uh, under us because that previous like group were wearing, well, not all of them were, but some of them were wearing like, you know, costumes. None mm-hmm. of these are. It's almost like this is a takeaway or at least a comment on 90s tropes with comic books and how superheroes were not wearing uh super spandex and or you know costumes and we get uh we get kind of the superhero powwow these guys are like oh you know soups you just showed up you know maybe you haven't been paying attention to these guys but you know those those metahumans that we just took out those are some real high level bad dudes and if we didn't take them out you know, they were going to destroy Tokyo and, you know, we're basically the heroes here. And Soups is, he's not having it. He immediately has like angry face and he's like ends justify the means, huh? And then he does like a weird, like, like, oh, are you guys like the Nazis jab? Which I just thought came out of nowhere and was like, okay, weirdo. <laughs> like you couldn't have an actual argument here. You got to jump right to that. Oh no! Wait a minute. He's oh he's comparing uh he's comparing them to the Nazis. That means that he's lost the argument. He has no longer he has he has no he's no longer a respectable arguer. He's now uh, he's now banned from arguing. Uh, this conversation's over. The elite win. The end. And it's just a false argument because I mean let's not forget. I mean the Allies were out there at war killing Nazis. So <laughs> his argument could have been, "What are you, the Allies?" <laughs> Like, it's just, it's just stupid on his part. Yeah. Um, but to uh, correct myself from, like, a few pages earlier uh, with the blast wave in Tokyo, um, I was incorrect. That was not caused by this, like, these metahumans or what, what do they call them exactly? I think they just call them metas. Well, they're metas, but it's just like, oh, the isolationist government faction. There we go. Uh, oh, they were, this group. Yeah, yeah the, the yeah, those those group that 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 group. Uh, I thought they were the originators of that blast. Turns out it was Coldcast. Oh, okay, mm, makes yeah. sense because because he says um, high frequency neutrino wash. I uh, thought I had the drop on them. So he was basically going to like blow up the city or something like that or whatever it was. No, I cannot blow up the city. Um, but one of them had an aura that shielded them all. So it's like, okay, that makes sense. And it hit Superman. That's why he went down and probably had his brain fried. Hmm. Oh, and that's why he's making illogical uh, or somewhat illogical arguments. That exactly. makes sense now. Either that or it was Manchester messing with his head. I, I don't know, but it was either, either one of the two. So it's like, aha, okay. So that, keep that for later. But uh, to speed things up a little bit, I do like when we see their little little home there. Base of operations. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if I have much more to say about it, but I do think it's cool, and I like the, yeah, design choices. But It is a design choice, but it is a nice, like, you know, their own little watchtower. But it's also a comment on the Elite themselves that they've been dimension hopping, and they found that this is an actual, like, we don't see it, but, like, it's a living being. Yeah, that is their ship, and they kind of like took it over because like the whole species was in like a civil war or whatever, and so they like <laughs> took it and then 
like ripped its heart out from them her whatever they call it bunny so it's like i don't like because it's hopping dimensions or whatever it's like i don't know about that that's kind of yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't know about that so it's i think it's a nice little so the, the piece at least is meant to show how like forceful and assertive they are and don't they even say that they uh like they thought that it was like a conscious being and so they jettisoned part of its brain or or maybe it was the heart they said it was the heart i don't remember like any part of its brain but it, it could have lobotomized part of it oh yeah they say the heart that's so stupid that that is like old school like oh yeah the the emotional part of you comes from your heart <laughs> that that's some really stupid stuff <laughs> they should have just said part of its brain but yeah they say the heart unless that um, was intentional <laughs> yeah they said it because it seemed like the humane thing to do to try to make it not thinking anymore <laughs> uh, yikes yeah so no they're not they're morally questionable but soups is going way over the top i mean he like he seems like he wants to just fight them and yeah take them out of commission immediately here so so if you remember an all-star superman um again a different continuity i'm, I'm aware but at least like an example that grant morrison kind of uh posed with how you know superman would handle another super being if they were making themselves top dog or you know going around and doing stuff like this uh kind of being immoral uh if you remember those two kryptonians who landed on earth after he got back from the underverse um yeah. they just like up and took over um what was it part of a tro- all of metropolis pretty much the whole earth and you know what he did there he talked to them he never once punched him in the face. Hmm. Now, maybe that's also because he was like super powered by that point. Like he was, you know, yeah. like he had all that power from the sun. But at the same time, yeah, he was he was like there to, you know, use words first, not like, you know, go to, you know, direct violence there or direct physical violence. Excuse me. Yeah, screaming in their face with a very threatening like posture. Again, like if it's i'm not again i don't want to justify why superman's acting like this but if he's if he's passionate about the fact that he just watched these guys kill those metahumans maybe that's the reason why he's like why are you guys doing this like like what what, why do i have to like raise my voice to you guys maybe that's me justifying uh joe kelly's writing here of superman but that's just that's also how i thought it saw it as Hmm. yeah and Manchester Black is like okay you know maybe in your like cartoon version of the world it's okay to go around and solve these problems by locking up the bad guys but we live in the real world where that's that's not a real fix like these guys can just get out and you know you're you're kind of living in a fantasy land and soups doesn't like that at all <laughs> of course and even Black has some I don't know I don't redeeming but his his brief origin over himself that he used to actually admire the, the superheroes he used to admire you know how kind of black and white the <laughs> the comics played out basically or how, how the scenarios played out but then he got superpowers somehow and was like okay don't know if i agree with that and the fact that in villain's monologue and you know they should just be doing that in front of either a classroom or for a political campaign <laughs> also like this <laughs> little jab or not on well, it's jab but maybe some insensitivities where he goes like i can say i, I can say that because i'm 15th japanese myself <laughs> yeah like, running gag that we'll see again what the hey is that about <laughs> yeah we'll get to that <laughs> yes 
Um, but either way, he's like, okay, Soups, you know, you want to just kind of scream at me, that's fine. Um, I'll leave you to go after your type of villains, you know, comic book villains, the ones that don't exist in the real world that I live in. You can go take care of that and we'll take care of the rest. And he just snaps him into a different part of the world, like teleports him. And I do like that, that startling moment for Superman, just kind of the immediate dressing down. Of like, you're not not on our level. I think that's was well done. Yeah, even kind of yeah, belittling him as well for being like a visitor from a strange planet as well. So that's that's common knowledge, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Clark himself has probably published a lot of that that history to uh try to inspire people. <laughs> yeah, I'm an immigrant. I'm making a difference. Yeah, and we see Clark, he's you know, in a way he's he's somewhat humbled. And he goes back to Smallville, he's he's hanging out with Jonathan, trying to get some get some advice, I guess, or at least get some understanding some grounding back into the what he thinks is the real world and this is another nice little scene here yeah i don't really have like much to i pretty much agree with you where the next little bit is the part of the story where which i like uh, which is uh hearing the thoughts i kind of like how the story is not like like one day and that's it like no it seems like it's been it's been like months or weeks or something like that of of the elite uh doing their um actions and I like that, you know, we kind of like take time to uh, see Superman go and listen to uh, different people through walks of life, uh, discuss the pros and cons of uh, if they're pro elite or if they're not. Yeah, and I do like that we see one person who's like, you know, where was Superman to avenge my my dog when he was eaten by the Joker? And they're like, well, yeah, you know, we had diplomatic immunity, like Superman couldn't touch him. So, you know, they're 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 showing some of the. The lack of foresight with Superman's no-kill rule. You know, sometimes people just, there's no way with the law to be able to go after them and punish them properly. Not that I think that murder is necessarily, you know, a proper punishment, but the fact that there's no punishment for some people or or punishment that they can very easily get around, especially in the superhero world, it does make his no-kill rule look a little bit flimsy. Well, then there's the other thing that Jonathan says before we keep going uh, about how... um, Let's see. Uh, some folks, mostly loud and angry ones, others just are scared. Yeah. Uh, they look outside and see revolving doors on prisons, government, corruption, and maniacs hiding in the desert children. And it's like, okay, here's the thing. That's the co- like that's the status quo, and that's what the writers like put in there. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know if like the man if DC has a mandate of like Superman can't kill. I'm assuming that's or that's also just how the character is. Yeah, but isn't Superman like wouldn't a writer just do that where he does you know like not use his authority but like prevents the people from doing that? Like again, doesn't it come down to the writers of like not choosing to kill these villains because? We're we're talking about these comics. We're paying for these comics, so we're driving the industry for. Okay, I've gone too far. Yeah, and you know, they don't, they don't really address this in this book. Not not really. I mean, they touch upon it every now and again with Manchester Black, but it feels more just for for color. It doesn't feel like it's actually making a point. But in terms of Superman as a hero, I mean, yeah, he's stopping these big threats that uh, pop up every now and again. But is he stopping the real threats that face people every day, like something like government corruption, you know, or 
prisons that just yeah are just bringing in these villains and then immediately putting them back out. I mean, is he addressing the real issues or is he just putting a Band-Aid on a world that's falling apart? Like, I mean, with his power, he could be steering politics. Maybe it'd be more ugly if he was in there like, okay, you know, I'm keeping an eye. And if I sense any sort of corruption, I'm just going to take you up to the roof and hang you over the side of the building until you're going to decide to give up being corrupt. (laughs) Maybe you could say that wouldn't be a, a just use of his powers, but just standing aside and letting it go on. I mean, what really role is he playing in in i mean maybe stopping those guys who are going to destroy tokyo maybe that's important too but it does seem like he's standing aside on some some major issues in his day it is true but again they're not like they're not writing about him doing this stuff like the problem is is that superman is written in D &D terms 3.5 terms excuse me he's written as lawful good and so he has to abide by the law and he you know Mm -hmm. cannot like to be lawful or to be good so Lawful good is one of the hardest um, alignments to play as because you have to live by a code of conduct and, you know, all of there's rules. That's the point. That's what separates us from the animals is so famously like quoted from, you know, where from fiction or wherever, uh, which, yeah, whatever, just basically uh, there's no different, like the difference between us, like being barbaric and us being, I don't know, like, and enlightened, excuse me. Uh, so, you know, like, it is hard for him to do that, but the book isn't exactly showing him doing that stuff. Like, I'm sure the guy can hear maybe like everybody's heartbeat and thus like every single like word people say, but they're not writing him to do that kind of stuff. So uh, am I wrong? Like, uh, is what's, what's <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, shouldn't, they'd be writing that so that happens or is it just status quo for it's like ah here's some here's some detractors of superman okay blah 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 and then the end of the story it's like does clark actually make a difference well that's also like the next issues like does he actually go after Mm. all this stuff yeah and we'll get to we'll get to the resolution soon here or or not that soon compared to the runtime that we're at in terms Uh, of how many pages we have left do you want do you want me to tell you how long we've been going for (laughs) I know, I know how long. <laughs> but either way, uh, we cut to the next next page here after he's gone around. And there's there's a conflict that he's dealing with. We have the Men in Black, there's Will Smith, there's uh, Tommy Lee Jones, and they're protecting these aliens. In fact, it seems like they're more just smuggling them at this point. Did you get this, what that looked like, by the way? Did that look oh, like yeah. that to you? Oh, yeah. no, immediately I saw that. I was like, all right, well, that's the... That's the um... What was their what was their what was their uh, organization's name in the movies? Oh, that I that I don't remember. It's been a good number of years. Well, either way, yeah, it's not them. It's the DEO, uh, Department of Extra Normal Operations. There we go. Sorry, um, and yeah, he's basically just stopping them from attacking people or whatever the smuggling, like you said, whatever it is, <laughs> and then he starts narrating out loud to somebody of just like you know what the aliens origins were and all of a sudden the elite show up yeah he's basically bragging he's like if you do your proper research you can solve a problem with anyone getting hurt and then he glances back like were you listening look at how great i did on this job and they were just like okay like whatever stop fronting to us we really don't care that much <laughs> i mean that is kind of what happens in the scene in the scene <laughs> <laughs> See, I did what you guys asked without killing anybody. 
did I do I get a cookie now? <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. It's like okay, I get leading by example, but yeah, one he seemed really smug about it, and two, these folks already think that they've got it got it made. You know, <laughs> they don't, they're not too worried about. Uh, they prefer the easy path. And then it turns out that Manchester Black uh, is like, ah, oh, but here's what they really are. It's a bunch of like, um, what, 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 what is it? Uh, renegade DEO agents trying to smuggle these guys out and they're, what the heck are they? A trip, triple Black Alien Immigration Services or whatever it is. Basically just like, smuggle, like weapon smugglers or whatever it was. Yeah, e- either way, you know, just locking these guys up there's a chance that they're going to be back out, you know, pretty quickly or other people, their ilk are going to be back out and they think that uh, locking them up isn't going to do it. The real deterrent, you know, be getting rid of them as I think what the gist of that conversation was, if I remember correctly, pretty much, especially what Superman says where he goes, then I'll stop them again and again and again, if I have to, until they get the message and I'll do it without melting anyone into slag for kicks. That's the that's the definition of insanity right there. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and this is a shame. This this issue in particular, because you know I love Superman. We're doing this series. I've I've commented that I love Superman many times, but there is that side of him that does seem like uh, you're kooky, dude. Like you don't necessarily live in the real world with the rest of us, and I understand why you don't live in the real world with the rest of us. But this issue does illustrate it in Manchester Black is a good foil and he does punch him in his face a couple of times. It just like your conservative weirdoness is not the real world. Like come join the rest of us here. Uh, figuratively, by the way, punches him figuratively of, of his ideals. Figuratively. Yeah. The real one punching is Clark when he's slapping a uh, hat across the face when the cameras are taking snapping pictures of it. Yep. Cause <laughs> well, okay, here's well, first off, here's the reason why. And obviously it could have been done differently, but he's like, Man, this is where Black either was bluffing and obviously Clark, you know, bought into the bluff. So, so like, you know, so convincingly because he's like, all right, well, for these DEO agents or these other aliens. Yeah. Hat just, um, you know, use your magic to uh, like, how was it? <laughs> have the earth swallow them and then drop uh, like acid rain on their families. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. Yeah. And hook, line, and sinker, Clark is like, no, and then either punches, slaps, or whatever does to Hat, and Hat doesn't die, like, you know, instantly. So, for, like, I guess that's a setup right there, like, some sort of force field to prevent him from dying. And all the cameras then go, click, no, and Black basically, like, has him right where he wants him. Yeah. And then we get, I think the only really real moment that we get in this issue with Lois and it was uh, I was I was quite happy to see this. This was guest illustrated by uh, James Cameron. If you're reading the footnote there, blue provided by James Cameron, it wrote. Seriously, I thought we were just watching another like <laughs> scene from Wicked City. <laughs> yeah, either joke works. I'll take either either one. <laughs> but Clark is or uh, I should say Lois is, you know, she's worried. She's been reading the papers. You know, she's a newspaper uh lady herself you know she pays attention to that stuff and she's like hey clark you know i mean these guys these uh these elite they seem pretty tough you know are they uh could they really take you on and yeah i know i think i think it was nice to to highlight that moment yeah and 
I like that. Yeah, he does kind of tell her that. Yeah, I'm, they they definitely have kind of got the better of me. And again, questions whether or not his morals are outdated, obsolete, uh, and if they mean anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Clark is just, he's got to fight. He's even looking like he's getting mad at her, even. Just this discussion himself, like, pisses him off. Like, of course I have to stand against these guys. Uh, but she manages to uh, to calm him down. <laughs> but, but he's really got to be in his bonnet, this guy. Like, he is, this is not the usual Clark that we see. This is... This is more Smallville Clark. Every now and again, he would just get into a just fixate on something and just no matter what, he was going to proceed forward with his moral integrity intact, no matter how much it uh, didn't seem logical. I was thinking a lot of Smallville reading this issue, actually. Comes up before Smallville, eh? Uh, yeah, I guess by a couple months. Yeah, because Smallville is 2001 as well. Yeah, Several months. And he he even gives like the whole speech, and not his speech, but he gives her the whole, like his whole breakdown of his character. People have to know that there's another way, Lois. They have to hear a voice of compassion and faith instead of spite and anger. They have to see that someone believes in humanity strongly enough to die for them as she goes I like how it fades out in those last three panels no yeah i think that was i think that that part was quite quite pretty but then he decides okay this speech was enough i'm just gonna you know be a sneaky fuck wait for her to fall asleep and then just leave a letter and i did wonder what that letter said i can't remember do we see that letter again do we read what he wrote since you just read it again uh no she in the next in the next page excuse me she crumples it so i have no clue what she's talking about or what what the, sorry i don't know what the uh, letter says yeah i wondered since he was about to go to a showdown with them if he was like lois i'm sorry i have to do this if i die you know here's the code sell my bank accounts or, or something <laughs> some sort of apology for getting himself killed <laughs> oh and um uh wait, there's there's no milk in the fridge can you go buy some please there you go maybe he wrote in the note I'm going out for a carton of, a carton of cigarettes and a bottle of milk. Oh, and that's just she woke up just like what the fuck. <laughs> no, it's uh, it's poker night up in the watchtower and Batman stealing. So yeah, I gotta get up there now, eh? <laughs> yeah. So he goes off to their. Uh, it looks like their ship is actually just like taking over half the city. It's like it's like absorbed the skyscrapers into it from the image. And it reminds me of either the Panopticon or whatever the Fortress of Solitude was in uh, for. Uh, Ultraman, uh, the uh, don't worry, the uh, Earth Two version, the Grant Morrison version, if you remember that. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. Looking down, you know, every now and again he would just singe somebody who talked bad about him. That's the Superman that Caleb was referring to earlier. Excuse me, and if if he were like you know, in actually confronting all this like you know bureaucratic baloney. Well, well. <laughs> Uh, maybe that would, that guy would have taken the balance too far the other in the other direction. <laughs> Indeed. But, <laughs> but so anyway, yeah, he shows up and he's like, "Okay, this is time for the uh, time to time for a showdown, basically, to show you guys that I, you know, I'm, I'm a tough fuck and I can take you on." My first, my first thought as soon as like one good good panel, by the way, of just super oh, yeah. looking up and seeing the um uh, the spacecraft, excuse me, or bunny, pardon me, and then like the four elite right there but my first thought was like oh no oh no here we go so for some weird reason i have an aversion to superman involved in city destruction but god says how how it should have ended point out 
we're all okay with when the city gets destroyed by Godzilla in any, you know, of the later 70s versions of Godzilla. Obviously, the first one is like, it's all horrific, but like, you know, more it becomes absurd and, you know, a farce. It's it's more just like, oh, we're okay with seeing like city destruction. But the, like, so, so that page, I'm like, really, we're going to have another like, you know, like battle within the city and cause like all this destruction. Nope. He's like, not here, please. I'm like, Joe Kelly, I love you. Yep, let's take a trip over to the moons of Jupiter. And we know how long it takes Superman to fly here, so it probably took him about a week to get there. And uh, yeah, that's where they're going to have their fight. Oh, I assumed it was instant teleportation because they've been traveling everywhere <laughs> thanks to Bunny, so they were able to like quickly zip over to uh, Jupiter's moon, Io, and yeah, initiate the fight there. No, you're right. I was just making a joke because yeah, the, <laughs> the inconsistencies with this flying earlier, but but yes, no, they do teleport over there. And I, I also thought that was a smart move and yeah, removes us out of Zack Snyder territory with Man of Steel and all the destruction there. So again, destruction is fine in some places. For some reason, I have a problem here with Superman being like either the cause or a part of it. So it's like, oh boy, that's a discussion for another time considering the length of us already. It definitely <laughs> is. Uh, but we're on Jupiter's moon Io. What do you think of Io, sir? Would you like to come back here? I wouldn't mind it. I mean, we don't see a, a ton of it. We do see uh, that they say that one of their first gigs was on the moon of Io, which I guess was why they came back here. Indeed. That they showed up to uh, attack this, I guess, this egg that was about to hatch. And they just, yeah, they just killed the baby inside of its egg thing. Obelisk egg. Yeah, I mean, either because they said Mama was like, either this is Mom or this is actually, I guess this is the baby, but they said Mama's somewhere. So like, yeah. Anyway, I was I was thinking of these things as like weird monolith looking beings. Yep. Yeah. Just because of the Jupiter connection as well. Yeah, and it was making me think of uh, Eternals a little bit. I know you won't get that reference, but it was also making me think a tiny bit of Nausicaa with the giant baby uh, or the baby giant warrior. So. Oh, God warrior. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. I guess. I guess so. I never, I never wondered if those that was supposed to be like a baby or if that was just like a newly bred, like never finished. Because there's only, okay, maybe I'm getting this wrong, but I know it's called the Seven Days of Fire. But was there seven of the God Warriors? I got the sense that there was more. Okay, no, that makes sense. Given that, like, you know, if they destroyed all of civilization or industrial civilization, then of course they probably have. They can't just be seven of them. Yeah, and wasn't it that the humans created them as well? And then they went wrong. Oh, that is the point. That is the point of that whole thing of like, you know, humanity's like peak was that we created something that eventually destroyed us, a la, you know, the atomic bomb. And it was instead it was the God Warriors. So, so yeah, what happens here with their, their fight? You take it away. So before they, you know, fight, uh, Superman basically, again, <laughs> sternly and with a assertive look on his face, um, you know, says, I have reasoned with you. I've tried to show you there's another way uh, than the path of violence you've chosen. I'm begging you to help me with this without further bloodshed. Stand down, come quietly with me, and be judged for your actions. And maybe we can all get out of this in one piece. So does that mean Hat's going to, like, um, <laughs> is Hat going to uh, press assault charges on you for smacking him? <laughs> Yeah, there you go. This is uh, this is being broadcast with their, I guess, like unmanned, I don't know, like video drones, whatever you want to call it. And um, then the battle begins. 
Yep, and Soups, he seems like he's, you know, he's he's on the losing end. He, you know, he, he can't really take these guys, or at least that's what it seems at first. Um, I do like that we see a little bit of the different ways of attack. I'm pretty sure it's, uh, what's her name, Menagerie? Menagerie. Who strikes the first blow, and she's setting up all these little alien guys, her little, little fighters. I think that all looks kind of cool. I thought Black was the first one to uh, initiate the strike because uh, I mean, I'm not seeing. I, I can see Menagerie there in the background of that first panel, but I'm pretty sure um, Manchester just like telekinetically like blasts um, Clark backwards in through that uh, monolith. By the way, that makes sense. Yeah, no, I could see that. Yeah, and then Menagerie comes in, like has her Xenomorph spawn, whatever you want to call it, bat-looking creatures. Um, you know, attack Superman and Superman uses heat vision on them. I was a little bit surprised by that. It's like, I don't know if he, these, this is an intelligent species. This is the same. Okay. Different continuity. This is the same Superman that at least in that, in that one series did not kill Xenomorphs. <laughs> I read that issue of him and Batman teaming up to like, you know, face off against the aliens and the predators. I remember Superman was like, we are not killing like these species. Like they kept like as, as insane as that sounds. It's like what the heck. <laughs> well, this one he's in a rage at this point. He's like, I'm gonna forget about this in a little while. Oh yeah, so I'll just go off and kill these guys. Uh, the next issue, anyways. So Menagerie finishes her attack, and then in comes Hat with uh, the punchline would have been like dropped a piano on him from Roger Rabbit, but no, it's just it's this. I probably am incorrect in this, but either like Aztec. That's not Aztec. That's mine. You goof. Oh yes, there we go. Statue or whatever from from Hat's hat, I suppose, drops him on him, and then Manchester Black gives Superman a brain aneurysm. Yeah, and I think the there's some darkness to those images as well, with the blood coming out of his ears and Superman's face just like in complete, like stunned horror. Or sorry, stroke. Not not so much aneurysm, but anyway. Yeah, I think that stuff's another bit, bit of the darkness seeping in. And then cold cast. I I couldn't believe this line. He was like, cold cast, think cracker. You know, your your grandfather's uh, back raw with hickory welts. He's like, I can say that. I'm I'm 15th black. It's like, okay, I get that the joke here is that he's a politically incorrect asshole. But I was like, I don't know if we need to invoke that imagery for this story. I don't know if we needed, if that really added much, but maybe, maybe I shouldn't complain. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to, I'll be the ignorant one here and say, I have no idea what he's talking about, but all I know is it's probably not, you know, politically correct. Yeah. He was saying his, his grandfather was a slave. <laughs> ah, okay. Thank you. Did not know that. My apologies. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but either way, so yeah, that's when cold cast is like, okay, let me basically, uh, I don't even know what to call this kind of explosion that he does to Clark's head, but tries to kill him pretty much. Uh, like this is cause we've, we've had some of the ratings. There's a lot of like, uh, in, in some of the radio waves or radio chatter or some of the, uh, exposition in the, like in the previous pages, we've kind of gotten feats. We've, we've heard these feats of what these guys can do. So these guys are like no laughing matter as we, as we said, like, you know, their, their power scales are absurd. And so basically what cold cast did is what I'm trying not to ever, cause I remember like the scene from the movie. Um, what cold cast did, I think is, was he was trying to like, basically like split Superman's atoms. So, you know, you could basically become an atomic blast. Hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, and we kind of see the aftermath of that. Like, you know, we see a, a satellite view of the planet itself and there's kind of a crater there. It's like, whoa, that's, uh, that's insane. Yeah. And as they're kind of enjoying the aftermath, like, oh, you know, even no matter how much we think we've utterly destroyed these soups, you know, they always, some piece of them survives. They're in for a rude awakening as, yeah, it turns out the whole body survived, not just the cape. What? I thought it was a force ghost. <laughs> oh, it is. It turns out that's Luke. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> there you go. So he wasn't, you know, he wasn't intangible the whole time. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of intangible, that's how his first attack is, as we see that he's found some sort of frequency in order to, at least I think it was a frequency. I can't remember for sure of a way to separate Menagerie from all of her aliens and symbiotes. And so there, there's a big disaster there where they all explode off of her. Yeah, I thought he just like did a quick like supersonic punch through her and they all bursted off of her because her... Okay, the art in this is a little weird because her head's there and then like her feet are there, but maybe it's because like they're coming off of her, like all her xenomorphs or some... What do they call it? Sim beasts, as they're called, like just come off of her, and I maybe can see her chest there. I don't know. I'm just like really trying to see, like, yeah, okay, I could sort of see where her legs are, but the, the, I don't know. So it's, I'm not saying it's full on uh, Liefeld esque, but it's, it looks to be there. Yeah, and they say that um, Superman like shot her with an arrow that was poison, and the poison made the uh, the kind of biome too toxic for the sim beast to survive within her, so they ran away. Ah, there you go. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So, so anyway, that's the first instance of oh crap. And I think they say that he killed her. I think they say that she's dead. She's not breathing. Black Pam's not breathing. She's dead. And then explicit words. Yeah, and then then things start to go kooky. Yeah. And I don't necessarily know what what we're seeing. <laughs> so it's a take it away. Maybe you know better. Than okay. That. Well, that's 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 why we have uh, narration because or else you're just like, what the heck's going on here? Uh, so basically we all of a sudden see this like dust storm of some sort that like, you know, has, is coming at them and we got a sandstorm of some sort and, um, all of them are protected by, so Manchester Black's protecting cold cast with like a force field. And then hat has, uh, was that he's, he's got a rune field protecting him. But the problem is, is that it's sucking the air out of, um, uh, out of uh, Hat's lungs, mm. so apparently his rune field doesn't um, counter the fact that he's not got air in his uh, his lungs because the huh. was it the winds are five hundred miles a minute, which is insane. That's like that's that's insane. So <laughs> that means that he could have easily gotten to Libya that quick. <laughs> well, let's not bring that up anymore. Yeah, they... no, let's not bring that up. So, huh. uh, so they're they're cursing and a swear, and they're like, "What the hell is going on here?" And then. Uh, Manchester's like, yeah, like, you know, firebomb the entire planet after he killed killed Hat, and then he's gone. Yeah, and yeah. He he did the thing. He he did um was he threw uh cold cast into the atmosphere and did exactly what uh was either Atlas or um uh, Samson did to that one uh dinosaur um cre- uh, uh, being from uh all star superman oh oh yes yes okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> where he threw him into the atmosphere and it's like i just heard his lungs pop <laughs> that red lizard guy yeah yep yeah. yep thank you subterranean dinosaurs whatever they're i forgot their names 
Yeah, and he leaves Manchester Black at the end to be like, like, look, how does it feel to watch all of your dreams die? And how does it feel to, you know, have your flaws exploited? And he looks like in an absolute rage. He, he looks like a like a beat up asshole <laughs> <laughs> to be deconstructed. Hmm. Yeah. wonder if that's a little bit too on the nose. Oh, it is. It is. <laughs> that's what I thought. I, I rolled my eyes at that line immediately. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, so Manchester Black is furious at him. He's like, how could you do this? You're a hypocrite. And Soups is like, OK, well, call me a hypocrite. I'll just keep beating you up. And yeah, they maybe you want to go more into their exchange than I do, but um, I mean, the exchange is going to happen the next, I guess, few pages. But are you talking about like what he does to Black's powers? Yeah, with the uh, the the mental lobotomy, I think he calls it or something like that. So if you recall back in Superman Doomsday, uh, what the um, the clone of Superman did to get rid of that chip inside his brain that Lex put there. He does a similar thing with Black, however, uh, because apparently he was looking inside his uh, skull with his x-ray vision and saw that there were some anomalies or abnormalities, excuse me, uh, that probably were the cause of his psychic powers. And so using his heat vision, this is brilliant, I actually think, uh, he uses his heat vision, telescopic vision and x-ray vision to basically, uh, well, let's I'll just say it, um, become an invisible scalpel instant huh. lobotomy yeah i do think that was smart i like that too yeah and poor poor manchester black you know i mean like you mentioned we we learned about a bit, a bit about his backstory how he's you know he, he had a rough time growing up and to see him kind of break down and cry and he's like how, how can you do this you know you're you're superman you're supposed to be better than this and everyone's watching you do this to me and superman in the background just like smiling and grinning he's like yeah they saw it they saw the ugliness and anger that you had and he looks so proud about what he did to him. <laughs> oh, and they even like they saw the ugliness of what I could do. Like if I actually crossed that line, cause yeah. psych and scene. Yeah. Turns out, nope, I didn't cross it. I basically just tricked you. All your friends are just disabled. They're not dead. <laughs> they have headaches, really bad headaches, but they'll live <laughs> from Terminator two. They'll live. And even you two, I basically just gave you a concussion. You're okay. And I like the shot of Manchester Black when Superman's pointing to his forehead and he's got the tears and he's looking up cross-eyed. I think it's a little bit silly, but I like it. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, and then yeah, Manchester Black rightfully kind of freaks out. And I'm like, how could you do this? You know, you, you try to trick me. You, you, and he's getting all pissed off. And I'm just like, I, I, again, I read it yesterday, but... <laughs> Didn't he say like, oh, you know, you think you can just trick me like this? I'll get I'll get you one day a gadget type of deal. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get you next time. Gadget next time. Um, so long as a beating as a heart beats in my chest, I'll come after you. You poncy twit. Sure. I, OK, uh, if you think this is over, you're living in a bloody dream world. Yeah. And my uh, my. The device that I'm using stopped working for the uh, the pages a little, like three pages ago. So you have to tell me what happens in the last page. <laughs> okay. So yeah, but, um, Manchester Black swears revenge. And then we get Superman being like, I wouldn't have that any other way. Dreams save us. Dreams lift us up and transform us. And only, and on my soul, I swear until my dream of a world where dignity, honor, and justice becomes the reality we all share. 
I'll never stop fighting ever. Fine. Oh, yes. And of course, I finally got there just now. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, you know, I don't notice that uh, Superman 1 is taking them off of the, the moon and two in any way arresting them. You know, it looks like he's just leaving them on that moon to go to another part of the universe to cause their mischief slash terrorism. Uh, well, you see, there actually was a line beforehand. Your people are fine, disabled and conscious, nursing headaches. I don't even want to think about, but alive. Waiting for my crew oh. to get here and scoop you up. They already have a lock on your ship. You'll be surprised to know how happy Bunny was to know she was free of you. Oh, okay, thank you. I apologize, everyone, for my technical difficulties here. Missing That's this, okay. This page. <laughs> But um, no, that that's nice to see. Yeah, I guess the Justice League or, or maybe just Steel, is on their way to. Uh... No, they say they JS they, they say JLA because in in the in the um in the conversation with uh with that he and Lois had um in 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 bed, uh she mentions the JLA and the New Gods as well. So it seems as though like you know Superman is uh or at least the New Gods in this case are like on Superman's side in in, in this one. But obviously they were he was referring to how. Um, the elites are not going after both those team groups. They're going after me instead. Mm. Yeah. And that, that wraps up this one issue that we spent about an hour and a half talking about. So let's continue to talk about it further. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. But now I will, uh, it has come to a close. We have one hour, 15, 15 seconds, 49, uh, sorry. One hour, 15 minutes, 49 seconds, uh, 0.5 microseconds. There you go. There we go. Yeah, that's how long it took us to for the one issue. Now, mind you, this was the 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 earlier days back when comics could be like forty pages for one issue back in the the good old days and the harder review days. So, <laughs> sure. I mean, there was only thirty nine pages, but I, hey, we got our money's worth out of thirty nine pages. Oh boy, not this again. Yeah, <laughs> but, but uh, what are your final thoughts for this one? Well, my final thoughts. Um, so a bit of backstory now. I guess I'll reveal the hand that uh, the, the, the backstory is to all this. What I was mentioning before is that, you know, uh, the elite came out of nowhere being almost like stand-ins or a comment on certain uh, new comic book that may have come out at that point. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm referring to, you probably all know this. Ladies and gentlemen, between affiliate, excuse me, uh, the authority. The authority is what this issue is taking aim at. Joe Kelly is basically having Superman versus the authority. And you too can see the authority come out in whatever few years when um, um, James Gunn's DC Universe movies. <laughs> Did you hear about that, by the way, that they're going to have? And not only that, the authority has like all their, I don't know, all their characters, but is also going to have Manchester Black in it. Oh, wow. I didn't realize. Yeah. Mm. That's that's kind of funny. Um, but anyway, so um, the authority came out in the 90s. I forget when. We'll maybe do a retrospective on them at some point or, or something like that. And it's funny because they came out with Wildstorm. And as everybody knows of this now, Wildstorm and the authority are part of DC Comics. They actually bought them around the same time, which is kind of hilarious in that sense. But... Uh, yes, because, uh, the authority was like overtaking sales on either like some DC properties, they just then go up and just buy them. That's kind of 
very Disney-esque of them. But hey, yeah. see, Warner Brothers would play wasn't playing nice with them in that sense. Uh, they decided to yeah, buy them out and then have Joe Kelly or somebody, I don't know if it was his idea or somebody else's mandate, uh, have Superman basically go up against stand-ins of the elite and prove to them that like, you know, Superman's ways are the correct ways. Oh, wow. Okay, yeah. that's that maybe may, maybe i'm paraphrasing a bit i'll admit maybe all my facts aren't in order but i'm pretty sure that's like the summary the the brief synopsis and paraphrasing of what happened oh man okay wow that okay <laughs> yeah so there you go that's the so whether you know everything about the elite is their own like with the if the elites are their their own you know group and not being stand-ins you know they you know they were crossing some lines uh, but I think you're right, Caleb, in that I was also thinking like Superman's kind of crossing some, or at least the art is crossing the line of, or him looking like he's crossing the line. I don't know fully if like on the page, for instance, if this was in text, we would get that inflection of him being peeved off or immediately drawing to being angry faced. But the art definitely is showing that he is indeed like, you know, has, has the skunk face. Yeah. And I'm hopeful that in the, uh, the movie the the 75 minutes they'll have a way to flesh that out better and we'll get a better sense of the superman because it does i mean at, at times i do wonder is he is he like oh you guys think you're more powerful than me and like fuck you i'm gonna prove that my ways are the best ways and that i'm still the most the most powerful one here you know <laughs> i don't know it, it's hard to tell but maybe he is just repulsed by their tactics but i don't know yeah, and then he chooses to like dish out their sense of justice and or their tactics, and it's like, see what ha- see, look what happens when I do it to you. Not so funny now, hot man. Yeah, a little bit of that. Um, but I will say overall, I think this was mostly enjoyable. I don't know if this is uh, in terms of the Superman stuff we read so far. This will be near the bottom, but that's just in terms of. I don't feel like there was a ton here. This this does feel like just a one off issue. But for a one-off issue, I think it was perfectly uh, passable, perfectly solid stuff. Yeah, this this to me seemed like a classic toss episode. I don't know if you mm. would agree with that, but it's reminded me of something of that. I can see some similarities, yeah. Yeah, where it's Superman dealing with the issue uh, of the week, and that being, or month, whatever, and that being the elite um and just popping up out of nowhere and i guess it makes sense in the issue uh to do that but yeah where they were just came out literally out of nowhere it's like whoa what where, where is this happening there's like background information on them it's like there you go the, the, the issue kind of explains itself it's just like yeah they've been like hopping around dimensions and i'm pretty sure that's kind of what the authority does over in their books but that's again that's for another day this is not to criticize the uh, authority this is just we're talking about the elite who are based off of the authority anyways <laughs> Yeah, and uh, yeah, I don't really know much more to say. Yeah, hmm. yeah, I, I mean, I'm not, we can't go into debate. I don't feel um, read up, and I don't feel I've yes. done all my research uh, on this kind of stuff of whether or not, like you know, uh, Superman's relevance and his beliefs can translate to real life. Um, it's you know, it's like I believe comic books are a escapist form of media, and we need that for our lives just because at least in this day and age i mean obviously like you know humans got through life you know 
well, they've always gotten through life with stories, with with dreams of of tales of you know Ubermensches or you know Supermen. Um, just because it gave gives it, you know we need we need that kind of stuff. It kind of like motivates us to do more, I guess. I don't know, not more, but it's like it's a way to get rid of the mundanity of life for a bit, and then, um, you know, go back to work. So like I I believe in that stuff, and you know, people obviously yeah have a problem with Superman for being the big blue boy scout that he is. But yeah, we've seen, we've seen, I, I'm, I'm glad that this does exist because we need to deconstruct him, I guess, to, um, you know, prove his relevancy, I suppose, or at least prove that he has a point. And that's a, that's a good idea is if your morals are challenged uh, and you lose, well then maybe that doesn't mean that you're obsolete. It just means that you now have to like adapt and, you know, I guess progress potentially. eh? Yeah, and if I would say there's one bit of uh, commentary in this that I think is valuable, like when we see the the random people on the street who all kind of have their their element of their bloodlust, and Superman's not meeting that, I think it is very valid to challenge the bloodlust of people who just, you know, they maybe they'll read an article about a crime, immediately assume that you know whoever is the suspected uh, perpetrator of the crime, they're like oh send him to the gas chambers, uh, you know send him to be hanged. You know, they, you know, there, there is that pervasive element in our culture. So having a hero who stands against it and is just like, no, no matter what, I won't participate in that bloodlust. I won't kill. I think that is worthwhile. It just, it, at a certain point, it does become like, okay, your rule is, it's distracting. But yeah, people, people are so easily to jump to conclusions upon like hearing uh, from the news, like, you know, what the story is given from the news and not the whole story of like, listen, there's there's context to why this happens. It's the whole like, you know, if a kid gets bullied at school and the teachers aren't doing anything with it and then the kid finally lashes out at their bully and you know punches them in front of like everybody, then they get in trouble. It's like, well, there's context to why all this happened. Yeah. And sometimes the context is just completely off base to begin with. Oh, just you were in the wrong place at the wrong time. And oh, yeah, you got you know, accused of something horrible. Yeah, it's 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 complicated. It's complex. Yeah, and so taking away that mob mentality, you know, I think is always a, a value to the, these kind of stories of, yeah, just a hero doesn't just just kill. You know, they, they, they try to find a better solution, try to find all the details and what they can do to make the world a better place, not participate in the violence, just in, you know, a more distant way. That kind of is the idea of superman though right like he's a he's an idea the idea of becoming better than you know what we could be and that is violence like that's that's that i think that's why superman still exists well that and also because dc keeps you know putting money into him so it's like of course he's going to keep existing but at least the idea on paper uh is that all human that's that's the whole thing i think in donner superman is that he is there to be an example uh, for what we all can live up to be. Um, but that uh, can definitely be hard. Uh, but that is the point of how to make him relatable. Sounds like Jesus. Wait a minute. Oh, no. Here we go. <laughs> exactly. Especially considering that the two, uh, you know, the two creators were Jewish. I'm sure who didn't recognize that. Now, yeah. Oh, I mean, the original Superman in 38 is vastly different from what we have nowadays. That's fair. It's, it's, I think, I think a lot of people would <laughs> be a little bit more, um, they probably relate to the original Superman a lot more than modern day Superman. It's just funny how we've yeah. like Christianified uh, the, 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 the Superman of nowadays. 
Um, but I guess to say, like, again, I, I'm not going to compare this, but I guess with like when it comes to questioning Superman as like, you know, relevant, I guess this is I prefer this over Man of Steel, but maybe that's not fair. Well, in, in terms of just comparing this issue to that two hour plus movie. Oh, yeah, I would take this issue any day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> and not just for time reasons, of course. Yeah, but it helps. It helps that it's shorter, but yeah, not just time for reasons. Yeah. There's that too. Okay. Uh anything else left on the table, sir? Nope. I feel like we picked the bones off this this single issue pretty pretty well. Any any leftover stuff we have or anything left on the table we'll probably address uh for the movie, which will uh be coming out next uh as a companion to this uh this here piece. Yeah, stay tuned. It'll come out probably a few weeks after this. So uh, thank you for joining us once again for this DC stuff. Of course, we always love returning to DC, even though, it, you know, we come to it rather infrequently. Every couple months, I think we finally uh, pop back in the door, but I'm always happy to be here, especially reading comics. Yeah, I don't mind this. I, I don't mind because it's you know, just part of our schedule, man. Like, it's just I, I don't mind doing anything that we've done on this channel. So it's like it's a good it's a good I, I'm glad we're like, you know, spreading it out because that leads us to do other stuff. So it's like that's that's a healthy thing to do. Um, yeah. Anything else, sir? Catch us on the next one. <laughs> thank, thank you guys for listening to us talk about this. And I gotta ask. What really is so funny about truth, justice, and the American way? Don't really know the punchline of that. Well, I guess that's for anybody's interpretation. Peace. Peace.